Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 556 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by young Stephen Kyle Brackey and Ben Funky Askren. Ben, hello, how are you? I'm doing pretty well this morning. I'm going to, uh, you know, I saw some of those FRL questions, Christian. And these guys are dummies. Eight and a half minutes, give me a break. It should have been over under 30 seconds Do I bring up the debates. They were freaking terrible. And you know what else, Christian? I was supposed to I was supposed to research all of the matches, and I didn't get them all done because I was watching the debates. That's okay, because tomorrow we're doing the full on who's number one, preview, predictions, everything. We're going to keep score. We'll wager probably keep nothing. Score. Bracky still owes me push-ups. You'll be here, right? I'll do them in front of you, live, in person. Uh, I yeah. want you to do them on air. <laughs> I'm not doing them on go air. Live, go, we'll live go live on Instagram. Yeah, we'll go live when you, whenever I'm doing them. Yeah. That, that'll hey. hit a bunch of people. A lot of people will see that. Yeah, it was not... Um, I don't know. I feel like I watched the debate for the same reason another adult would watch WWE. WWE. <laughs> just like, let's, let's watch it. Let's watch adults be idiots. All right, cool. Let's just do that. It was not, not I didn't watch it for to to learn anything. In my mind, it was just pure entertainment. Uh, and I don't know, did it even miss the mark? It might even miss mark there, wasn't that? There were some some moments, but yeah, not <laughs> not great. Although someone sent the question, uh, an FRL question about, um, you know, is this how? Do you think you felt how Chris Wallace felt when? Biden and Trump would not stop talking over each other uh, from the Burroughs Dake thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, what? It's like, everyone's like, that is actually a funny thing. It's like, oh, Chris Wallace, you, you could you could maybe say he did a bad job in terms of, you know, the questions. I don't know about that. But uh, in terms of moderate, what is he, what mechanism does he have to make Donald Trump stop talking? Yeah. Or, he should, or have, he should really have a, a mute button. That's what we should have. We should legit have a mute button. I think Tyler Tyler back there somewhere in the Flow HQ has a mute button for us, I believe. Doesn't he? Yeah, I don't understand. 
Um, yeah, I, I guess the idea is that you would just do what you agreed to do and not talk over the other. But at the same time, it's like for, for Chris Wallace to tell Donald Trump and Joe Biden and not just ask them to be quiet, but somehow make them be quiet. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of an unrealistic. I, I mean, I, he probably could have done it a few times. But he probably should have just sat back and listened. Listen, that's what I did when we had Dakin Burroughs on. It's like, I'm not getting these dudes to shut up. And they're, you know what? They're such you tried, like, Ben. Ben, there's clips like that one, you say. Like oh, you once. tried several times. You're like, oh, I can't, I can't, Like once. When Dake started you talking about Burroughs' wife, I'm like, oh, oh no, Dake, don't, don't do that. No, stop. Uh, but besides that, yeah. You know, I'm just like, these are two strong-willed alpha individuals. They're going to do what they want. I'm not going to guide the discussion, you know. They're going to do what they want. And that's kind of, you know, how I felt when those two were on. Um, and, you know, we, we, we attempted slightly, but most of the time we just sat back and let them go at it. And that's kind of what I think that's what he should have done. He should, all right, just, just you're not going to listen to me anyway. Just battle. Maybe put some gloves on even. Get it on. Let's go. Man, if those two, if those two did any sort of trial by combat, it would, it would be, uh, it, would have, it would be Kamala versus Mike Pence really quick. They're so true. It's so true. They're so old. Oh my god. These are our best and brightest, though. This we we clearly could do no better than those two. That's that's for uh, sure. We're not really. Good. We're not talking. This is. I don't feel like this is talking politics. This is more just yeah. Like what's happening? Full full politics uh, radio. Yeah. So okay. Um, next, next up, uh, Wait, we're sure. not, we don't, we're not going to talk about politics the whole time. <laughs> I don't want to talk about politics at all. I think the spectacle of last night is, is, uh, um, not worth ignoring, but I'm certain that's not why people are tuning in for our like thoughts on the debate. Right. Um, you, you never know. They could be curious to hear. What <laughs> ben, you lost 400 followers on Twitter last night. I'm told. That's true. I, I, well, I just told you that before we were on air. I know. I lost 400 followers. <laughs> I know. And you know what? I thought I was fair and balanced. I kind of crept on both of them. That's the um, point. No one wants. That's that's the point. It's not about the side you you are or aren't taking. It's they don't want to hear yeah. it. Yeah. They don't well, hear or, it. or you know, or obviously, I think I probably have more of a right wing following than a left wing following, and they were probably salty that I was uh, actually, you know, what I would say, taking a fair and balanced approach and kind of crapping on both sides and acknowledging they both did a relatively poor job. Yeah, that seemed to be the general. I uh, like five minutes after the debate, I hung around and everyone was just like, I think I was on ABC, and everyone was just like, oh, this was the worst debate ever. <laughs> ever. It was a disaster. Very 2020 <laughs> move to have a. a Trump's going to blow up any debate from a format standpoint, just with his personality. Um, so yeah, you're not going to be able to put him in a box, really. Anyway, sure. I'm sure you'll get him okay. back. Okay, Christian, stop talking about politics. Jeez, I'm trying, I'm <laughs> trying. Okay, so hey, Metcalf Two is out. It's up. It's you could watch it right now if you could watch it right now. Really? You, so I could just hang up on you guys and go watch that. <clears throat> Yes, you could, but we will geo-block Wisconsin so you can't watch it. Watch it on silent at the same time I'm talking to you guys. It won't be as interesting. Um, you know, I think one of the coolest coolest things about these films when we do them is how often you take what you think about a person and you basically can shift how they're viewed, right? And 
someone we saw with Terry and and I feel like everyone kind of loved Terry Cole out in the beginning, but you know Brent. People were like, I thought Brent was such a jerk, and he just. I think people learning a little bit more about him. I think that's one of the, the powerful things about about what the films department do and the storytellers is like they can really change and and really show what these people are actually like. It's not the the three seconds between periods when someone shoving someone is not real life. That's this very isolated moment and who they actually are is yeah. this and here's what they're like. But Brent did Brent didn't do himself any service if he was if his goal was to come off as likable in a lot of those interviews that you know and as someone who's I've, a public I trader, honestly Ben I loved I thought every interview what? he did was amazing. I had some no, of his You mean like in old times you are talking like yes, a dude, I yes. I was well, like, so that okay but this is what Brett engendered. He engendered you either loved him or you hated him, right? Which, is, as a as a performer, that's what you want. You don't want anyone yeah. that are like, eh, I, I don't really care. Brett had this really strong personality, so you had some people that are like, I freaking love that guy. And he was like a cult hero, right? And then you had a group that said, I freaking hate that guy. And there was both sides, and there was very rarely anyone in the middle. And so now you're seeing all these people who hate him are saying, wow, he's a really nice guy. When it's like, yeah, obviously he was a really nice guy. He just didn't come off all that well in the interviews because that was how he came off. Man. He uh, he talked about that too in in episode two. Um, he's like, you know, I <laughs> he's pretty much says that every interview was like almost trying to like make a statement um, or trying to like reinforce what people believe almost. Um, not saying it's an act or anything, but uh, it. Yeah. I love the third person era yeah. too. And Brands referenced that. That, that drove people insane. <laughs> he said he would do it in practice. He'd be like, Brent Metcalf's tougher than that. <laughs> he would say it in practice. I love that. Oh, my gosh. It was funny to see Yeah, Tom Brands talk about that. He was laughing about it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's – I mean, I've heard that that very specifically referenced. Like, freaking Metcalf just talks about himself. You know, like they talk to another person that would that really specifically would make people so mad. <laughs> that was great. I think a lot of, I think Tom does it too. Tom will talk oh, to another yeah. person. But so I, I so I sometimes wonder, like obviously there's things I've said to purposely make people mad, and, and I talk about that. Um, so I wonder how much of Metcalf's thing was like, yeah, I want to make people mad, or it was just like. He's just like this is you know this is Iowa this is what I think and this is what I'm gonna say and that that specifically made people mad. I wonder which which one it was and that, I, I I haven't watched it yet because you guys just put it out. I don't know if he addresses that in the film. No, so no, but one of the interesting things about um, the Metcalf story is as you as you learn it and everyone knows Virginia Tech had the city year. But one thing I didn't mm-hmm. realize was that Virginia Tech released them to go anywhere with unconditional release. They just didn't want him to go to Iowa. If they went to Iowa, that. that was the that was the thing. He could have went anywhere else, which is that's pretty dirty. They're, so they really wanted to punish Tom for for leaving. Yeah, I mean that's one of those things where I I kind of see it both ways. Obviously, it's the administration being spiteful, but you also and I you know you don't know what conversations were had between Tom Brand's administration. If you know if they said we want someone here who who's for the long haul and we're going to invest a lot of resources into it and then he comes and then he's gone in two years 
when they just invested a whole bunch of resources into them, you know, they would feel burned. And then, yeah, obviously, then they did something spiteful back, which maybe isn't the most productive thing to do. But you can understand why they may feel that way. Yeah, for sure. It was interesting to hear uh, Coach Brands talk about that because uh, he was like, he he was kind of talking in third person. He's like, Tom Brand signed the number one recruiting class in the country. Like saying like Virginia Tech didn't sign like it. Tom Brands is Tom, an Olympic champion. Yeah, he's like Tom Brands did that, and he's like these guys want to wrestle for Tom Brands. Um, so it was. Uh, but that was where it did. But t- did Tom and the administration? I mean, you guys know what I'm saying here, right? Did he make a commitment to the administration that he was going to be there for so long term? Because if I'm an administration and I'm bringing someone in, that's a question I'm asking. I'm not, I'm asking, you know, hey, do we got you for? five years do we have you for 10 years if i'm going to put a lot of resources into you do i get to keep you or are you gone as soon as the first other good job that you want opens up i mean is, isn't that a valid question for an administrator to ask yeah it's it no it's valid and i think there was there was a communication breakdown at some point because tom felt and the guys felt they had the ability if things changed to go and that is not how virginia tech Felt either at the time or after, or they they just Virginia Tech straight up changed their mind and changed their word. Yeah, right. Yeah. But Tom mm-hmm. and Brent have all said all along, we were told if he leaves, which is kind of a weird thing. That's it's weird, like right? if you're going somewhere, you're not really talking about. Also, when we go here too, right? That is sort of yeah. a straight. That doesn't that doesn't happen much. It's like I don't know if you're gonna go wrestle at. South Dakota State for Damian Hahn. It's not like, all right, you wrestle here, but also if I go somewhere else, you're allowed to go there too, right? That's probably yeah. not a – I don't think that's in the recruiting pitch normally. Um, that's, a, yeah, that's, a, that's a totally weird dynamic to have there, and that's something where, like, I kind of question whether if you were an administrator, would you really put up with that? I mean, if you're, if you're a Virginia Tech administrator, are you, are you really going to tell people that? Because that seems kind of crazy to me. That, that yeah, you're free to go, go wherever, whenever. Right? Yeah, I mean, say that? you that might so say, strange. I mean, you might. Uh, what's that one word? Assuage, something like that. That uh, you might assuage the recruits and say, listen, yes, if something happens to Tom Brands, you can go. But you're not, you're not telling Tom Brands, hey man, you're free to leave whenever you want. If I'm going to give you all this money and all these resources, I want you here. I'm paying you a lot of money, and I'm putting a lot of resources in the program for you to be here and have success here i don't want you to bring the kids here and then take the kids somewhere else i mean w- let's go even even worse christian in that circumstance what if tom brands has another year and brings in another good recruiting class and now two recruiting classes want to leave with tom brands yeah that would be worse i mean that that would be worse so it's like i i just feel like that's i don't know what you know i, I would like to look at it from both perspectives both the virginia tech administration and tom brands and i just have a hard time seeing some of those things as being true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the time, Virginia Tech has changed so much as a program and probably as an athletic department as well so, since that time. But it is a, a weird thing that for, to think of a, a just a school like Virginia Tech be like, yes, please, absolutely use this as a stepping stone so you can get to the yeah. next joint. Like, why would they say that, right? And yes, they certainly... They wouldn't bring Tom, and maybe maybe part of it was, you know what, Tom, get us on the map, you know, get us, and then, and then go, 
right? Don't yeah. Maybe in their minds and in Tom Brand's minds at the time, it was like Zaleski's going to get fired at some point, probably in the next five to ten years. And when that happens, I'm going to try to go to Iowa, and that would be an understood thing. And maybe it just got sped up to a point where yeah, both Virginia Tech and Tom Brands were surprised that it happened because what Zaleski had won an NCAA team title. When's the last time they had won it? Didn't they win? I'm gonna like, look. I think I think it was only like two years. Two I mean, years or so. Long. Two or three years ago, they had won NCAAs, and obviously the standard is at Iowa is different. But let's see. You know, um. um so no. So okay. So he got fired. Dang. Why is this? He got fired in 2006 after they took fourth place. Um, they were second place in 2004. So does that mean they won in two? No, they didn't win. Because Oklahoma State won 2003, 4, 5, and 6, correct? They won four I in a row. I think that's correct. Four in a row. So that means they won 2002. So they it was four years since they had won. Sounds about right. I'm looking. He, he was, they were NCAA champions for – so Zaleski was only there for eight years. They won yeah. three NCAA champions. Oh, no. So, no, so the, it was six years because he only won 98, 99 – in 2000 that was the only oh years okay so it was a little longer either way yeah either way i i i think both i think the timeline was not what either of them expected that correct it, yeah if if coach brands knew that iowa was going to open up within a year of him going there i i just don't see him left. yeah he probably wouldn't have left right or he probably would have just yeah. hung around there and but obviously you don't know how things are going to happen so uh, uh, it's unfortunate, but it makes for a pretty interesting drama. And I, I, I think Metcalf, you know, and th- these are his words, but he, I think his perspective about it was a lot better than you would expect someone like Brent Metcalf to have about losing a year when wrestling is that important to someone. He's like, I made the decision and never looked back, right? I think that's that's pretty admirable, and it's also surprising that that's something that doesn't perpetually eat at him, right? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I mean, I feel like it eats at it, and his parents aren't aren't in the aren't in the documentary. But there's a comment about um, the, uh, from from Brent's mom that they should have wrestled him as a true freshman, and you can tell Tom is still really heated uh, or upset about the decision from Virginia Tech. Right? Feels like Brent yeah. has the most peace about it of anyone, which is you know sometimes that's how it. That's just how it goes. Yeah, I, I feel like yeah when you when you're in the, when you're the guy who's in in the moment and you realize that you can't control it. Sometimes it it bothers you less than others. And so yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like Brent is. So, I mean, I haven't watched his piece yet. Obviously, but I've heard him talk about other times. It feels like he is at peace with it, and he, you know, he did what he could do. He had three years. He went one to one, and he you know had a great career. Uh, if he's that first year, yeah, there's definitely a chance he he could have won it in. What year was that? 2007? For yes. sure. Yes. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. That was that was the year Schlater. Or... No, Schlater lost that year. Okay. Schlater won in 06. Gillespie won Gillespie. 07? Yeah. Right? Gillespie yeah. Chirella final. Mm hmm. Okay. Hey, let's show the first. Uh, we got the first minute of, of Metcalf queued up here. Check it out. Yeah, that's the half speed. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. 
That's not what it's like on the. <laughs> we yeah. So a new little thing to get people to watch longer. We just um, we just slow everything down to half speed. Um, so I'm not sure what happened with that. Um, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we won't. Yeah, it's messing up. That's strange. Yeah, I don't know what's up. All right, well, no first minute, but you can go on the site. Don't go now. Jeez, we're, we're in the middle of the show, but you can go and uh, check it out. It's good. Some old school news stuff. Okay, where to next, Ben? We're, we we think uh, David Bray believes he stumbled upon a, a, a loophole that's going to be utilized in the, at Senior Nationals. Uh-oh, what's that? So you know how if you place top eight at Senior Nationals, you can get an Olympic redshirt, right? Uh, I, I, so is that the case with this senior nationals also? Yes. Yes. Okay. Got so it. So if you saw there was a tournament with one person entered, and you entered that, it'd be pretty easy to get top eight, right? Theoretically. Uh, we, sure. I think even Kyle Brackey could do that. <laughs> Brackey could get an Olympic redshirt. So people. So a, AJ Nevels was entered registered at Freestyle. Now he's registered at Greco. For senior nationals. AJ Neville is the Fresno State or the Penn State? <clears throat> He's Fresno. Fresno. Fresno, okay. Got it. Which, uh, currently, how many does that heavyweight have, uh, Stephen Kyle? I don't know. There are more. I know this, though. There are more wrestlers in. There's only four. There's And there's more wrestlers in the men's freestyle 65-kilogram weight class and 74-kilogram weight class than there are in the entire women's freestyle field and the entire Greco-Roman field. So one weight no, men's freestyle has more than the all two weights. weights in men's freestyle. Yeah, two different weights. Yeah. What's up? <clears throat> um, hold on. So are the are, have they made the decision to not show up or something? Like, what's the deal? They're not entering. Maybe that's why the the allowance got introduced. I don't know. But the point being, people are gonna yeah. maybe look at Greco as like, hey man, top eight. I mean, a lot of these brackets might not even have eight, so automatically I will get an Olympic redshirt. So we'll see if anyone else Dang. registers, but I'm, I'm not familiar with A.J. Neville's uh, Greco experience, but he was not initially entered at Greco. He was just yeah. in freestyle, I believe, and then, poof, he's, he's in both. So uh, I like it. Smart uh, smart thinking and curious if we'll I see mean, any uh, more like- Christian, is this something where, like, the U.S. Army team or something, right, they usually have a big Greco contingent? Is that something where they'll be registering, like, the last day and then they'll fill up the brackets? I mean, I know that in some of the U.S. Opens I've seen in the past, there have been as low as, like, 10 people in a senior-level Greco bracket. Yeah. Yeah, that's – I. there are maybe some clubs still yet to register, but I don't expect a large rush of registrations at this point. Wow. That would, that would surprise me. So, so interesting. We'll see if <clears throat> any more um, entries like that. We've been monitoring, as as predicted by Ben Funky Askren, the Panther train would be headed to Coralville. Oh, baby, Askren Wrestling Academy's own Parker Kaisen has registered, as well as Taylor Lujan and Drew Foster. They're just going to all go the same weight, which I think is pretty funny. Was well, so there other other guys from Northern Iowa that registered also? Uh, just the, only the, only those three. Just those <laughs> like three people at eighty six kilograms. No other weight classes. Exactly, exactly. And what a weight to wait, enter! My gosh. Wait, are you serious? Are you serious? Those are the only. Those are the only three entries from Panther. What? 
Yeah. Why? I don't know. Who else is wrestling senior level at, at you and I? Well, I, but again, if you're right up the road, you go get matches like, I don't know, Michael Blockus, right? You can, oh. throw, you can throw some guys in oh, there. Oh, you know? uh, our, guy from, uh, our guy from Austin. What's his name? Uh, Jack Skalarczyk. Jack Skalarczyk, Skalarczyk. yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would imagine someone like Jack or Blockus would go to juniors or U23s. You think they should do it all. Maybe you're right. I think they should do it both. <laughs> I mean, they're going to get a maximum of 10, 10 to 12 matches. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah, perhaps so. Maybe maybe that's what we see. Uh, but yeah, Panther Train all aboard. And eighty is eighty six the toughest weight? I think it. I thought it was yesterday, and now it's even crazier. Yeah, those three made it tougher too. So you've got NCAA champion Miles Martin, two time champ Gabe Dean, NCAA champion Drew Foster, Max Dean, NCAA finalist David McFadden, Hunter Bolin, Trent Heidley, Taylor Lujan could have been NCAA champion this year. Rocky Elam, Parker Keckheisen. That is that is very 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 good, and that's how many legit dudes? One two three four five six seven eight nine ten. Solid bracket. Yeah, very solid bracket. More. And yeah, there'll be sure more. There'll be I more. bet. The yeah, the men's freestyle entries are picking up. Um, they had Jack Mueller late last night. Um, nice. Fifty-seven. Yep. Um, Missouri guys are in the phrase. Zach Elam, Rocky Elam, uh, Jared JQs. Uh, you had nice. Iowa State. Inner with Ian Parker, Austin Gomez, David Carr. So it's picking up with men's freestyle. Yeah, Austin Who's Gomez. Who's the best? Who, was fun. Where do you guys think David Carr sits <clears throat> in the 74 kg field? Man, so he's he's really good at freestyle. I think, yeah, won, I think Deacon, Deacon is probably the favorite, <laughs> in my opinion, to win 74 okay. here. Um, Deacon, Hydley. Then I think we enter a tier with Valencia, David Carr, and Wick. Now, I think Carr may have the freestyle savvy to go with the Hydleys and the, and the Deacons, maybe. Hey, Christian, can you read that list to me? I don't have the list in front of me. Can you read it to me one more time? Yeah, and also the link's in Who the doc, talking? but I'll read it. Um, it is? Okay, hold on. Let's go to the doc then. Ah, I got you. Yep. Nice. So we got Valencia, Deacon, Evan Wick, Hayden Hiley, Joey Lavalley, David Carr, Colin Purinton, uh, Patty Gallagher, JQs. Hughes. Wait, why? Why would you not put uh, Wick in the? You said he was in the second, um, like rung of athletes, I guess. Yeah. What? Well, he not. took fourth at the. He took fourth at the U.S. Open in Dallas last year. I mean, I know that was that was a really good performance. I don't know. Uh, yeah, he could go with those. I think if I'm picking, I think. Hiley and um, and, and um, I would think Deacon Evan's going to have some si- size advantage on those guys too because those guys are both usually seventy kg guys and he's Ryan you know, Deacon's the world's biggest person. Yeah, he's bigger than Andrew Howe. It's it's all <laughs> fake. He's never had a real weigh in. I don't understand it. So that factor that in. He's huge. Um, he's going to be perfectly sized for this. Who did Evan Wick lose to for third place? I'm, I'm blanking. Because he beat Nazar in the, in the Conte semi to go. <laughs> I feel like it was nah. – Gant beat, Gant beat Valencia then, right? Yeah. Gant beat Valencia. He, he, put him he tried to he kill tra- him multiple he times. To, he tried to physically harm him, not just beat him. And Zeke Jones was not trying to catch his man. He just let his man get slammed right there. He's well, not trying right to die Listen, too. Zeke, Zeke's not a – He's not. He's not gonna be able to catch. You know, three hundred pounds of, of heat coming at him. <laughs> so, 
It was a forfeit. Yeah, he didn't even wrestle Gamp. Yeah, he didn't wrestle, mm, but he okay. beat. That's why. Was... So he beat Nazar, which is that's a really good win. He beat Joy Lavalley. Yeah. That's a really good win. Suflon and Quentin. Oh wait, who's his other win? For Evan Wick, these are Evan Wick's matches. Yeah, he lost he again on the front side, ten four though. Yeah, Becker. Mm, yeah, that was okay. They beat Becker with that. Was, they were training partners. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. so. Maybe I'm wrong. He should probably be in the yeah. in, in the tier tier one group. Tier one, at least tier one. Pure one imports. Uh, okay. I I always I loved it in the fall. I don't know if you guys ever do this segment again when you guys did the tiers. I think you made Spay do them last year, and then you guys t- would tear them apart. It was a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Eric Barone. Eric Barone. He had him like tier one or tier two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the beginning of the end of the tier discussion, as, as I recall. We should the, do it. That was also yeah. uh, what started me just ranting about Joey Gunther. <laughs> That was, that was a good segment. I feel like Gunther I like goes back segment. years. Well, yeah, internally. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, got, it got the public. I feel like last year or the year prior, you were pretty. You yeah. Know, came pretty hard at the at the Gunther man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Tyler says he's got the, the video working. We'll see if that's true. If not, um, I don't know. We'll see. So Metcalf, one minute. Here we go. After a season of turmoil, the Iowa Wrestling Department brings out a new leader. Let's send it over to DITV's Mike Wallen with the story. Thanks, Jason. It was an exciting day for the Iowa Wrestling Program as the worst-kept secret in Iowa history came to fruition. Former Hawk and three-time national champion Tom Brands was named the new leader of the Iowa Wrestling Program. Unite the program. Unite everything. Because when you're talking about domination... Because this is Iowa wrestling. When you're talking about domination, that's the idea. You know, we're, we're, we're Hokies one moment, and the next moment it's like, hey, guys, I'm leaving. Sorry. It was just assumed, like, hell out, like, we all came here for you, so if you're leaving, we're going too. Oh, man, just a little tease there for you. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes. Please watch. Many of you already have. You found it early. Good job. Okay. Um, anything? Do you want to talk about anything further on for senior nationals? I'm sure next week. We'll no, I'm glad. Of. Yeah, I'm glad the registrations are picking up. That's really nice. Uh, some of these brackets start to look really solid. Some real matches to really get excited about, Christian. I mean, you know, we've had a few of these individual cards over the last seven months but this will be like the first tournament i mean we haven't we will have had a tournament since the big 10 tournament which was march 9th or whatever it was yeah hard to believe i'm curious uh you know will we see what what will we see fatigue will we see what kind of rust it'll look like i my prediction is that it's gonna look a lot like what we're used to i don't think it's gonna look all yeah. that different and apparently they're gonna have fans at this thing mm-hmm who would have thought? How many? <clears throat> thousands. Thousands and thousands, thousands and thousands. Not hundreds. No, for real, Christian? Yeah. How do you know this is going to be thousands? They're going to let thousands of people show up to this? Because they were because they were talking about the they've sold a bunch of tickets for this thing. Okay. Wow. I mean, I it's in that, Iowa freaking cool. city. This shouldn't be like, it's not a huge sh- shocker. It's not in 
Not in Madison, where no one showed up for the World Team Trials. Ben, Madison, well, Madison is shut down right now. Listen, I was not in charge of USA Wrestling yes, marketing. If I would have been in charge of USA Wrestling marketing, I would have had a few more people show up. I got more people show up when I freaking came out of retirement to wrestle F and Clayton Foster than they had damn World Team Trials. That is true. I look at those pictures of of uh, the World Team Trials. It was. Uh, 14 and 15 were there back-to-back years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Just these bright red empty seats in the background of, like. Not good. Yeah, so bad. Oh, my gosh. I hate it. <laughs> um, um, so they. Love Madison. USA Madison Wrestling good. tweeted on September 24th that 1,200 tickets were left. So they w- will at least be selling 1,200 tickets. Yes. When did they tweet that? Uh, yeah, September least. 24th, about a week ago. Okay. So yeah, they're gonna have uh, yeah, there's gonna apparently be a, a bunch of people. Are where the restrictions on the floor are, are very unique. We're not even allowed to interview athletes in the thing. What do you mean? Like I can't be like, hey, Gabe Dean, nice wing. Let's do an interview. We've got to so, like can't do it there. Where do you got to go? There's no there's no mechanism in the event. There's like a thing if they win. There's a Zoom call thing. But I don't know. I don't they, understand how that'll work. They should we'll just, just have, have a to clear get on a plexiglass. <laughs> they should have a clear plexiglass booth, like you know, like in the prison booth. I've never yeah. been in prison, but the prison booth is where you just click the button and you can speak through it. Yeah, they the should phone. have a couple of those set up. No, no, no. There's the one where the it's a thing in the middle. Well, there's the ones with the phone, but there's also the one where it's like a, I don't know, little thing you can talk through right there, like a movie ticket taker almost. Sure, like that. Yeah. Why don't we just have this at a movie theater and really we'll, we'll settle everything. Boom. Yeah, uh, I feel like we'll just probably just pull guys outside and do it there. Um, hopefully that's not against the rules. I don't see why it would be. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little different for us, but we're, we're excited for, for some tournaments. Okay. Um, next up, do we want to talk about a couple of who's number one matches? Did you get to watch any, any yes. of them? Okay. Well, I, I, I'm re- I'm re- well, so I'm ready for Vandeveer versus the winner of uh, Mendez versus Williams, which I guess we're kind of going to have to pick a winner to decide who that's going to be. And then I'm ready for uh, Mastro Patty. Those two, I watched those two. I forgot what the last one was, and then it was late, and I went to bed, and then you texted me, but yeah, much this morning. Chittam Henson, you got to watch that one. I can't wait for that one. Okay. But uh, yeah, let's start with Vandeveer. He wrestled at your uh, at your event like a week ago or whenever that was. Um, yeah. He's, he's pretty good. Give give your overall thoughts on that. And I guess also, maybe if you want to talk about who – maybe don't pick your winner yet. Just say, you know, how, how you think the, the matchups favor or don't yeah. favor Vandiver. Well, Vandiver's really, really good on top. Um, I'm, okay, so he's really good on top. That's going to be an issue for both those other guys, I believe. And then the other thing is, you know, with Williams, who has a little higher attack volume – uh, he's really tricky with, uh, you know, he kept trying to, we call it Steve or step over, kept trying that. There's a handful of different scrambling techniques he was trying that were pretty tricky. Um, so I could see that being more of an issue with Williams. Mendez, I don't think he's going to att- would attack underneath nearly as much as Williams would if, you know, if that's the matchup. So, you know, that one I would think would be, I don't want to say more, more boring, right? But it's not going to be um, as back and forth. It'll be, you know, two guys who have good positioning. And, you know, Vandiver will probably be the one attacking more in that match, I would guess. And then it'd be, you know, if he, if he can ride Mendez, I would see him getting the win. Yeah, he likes that. Um, 
call it like that Ironman cradle where you got like the cross body almost and you lock up the far side cradle. He's really good with that. What do you think about his – he hits that like drag where you kind of sit to the corner takedown. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty unorthodox. You don't see it, see it a lot. Do you think that's something he could hit on either of these guys? Yeah, I, I, I think so um, because he's got a really good feel for it. I mean he just has kind of a good feel for wrestling. He's pretty powerful, so he's going to definitely be able to do some of those things. Yeah, I think I, – I think he matches up better – I think he matches up better against Mendez. He has a folk style win over him. I think in freestyle it'd be a different, different story. And it was a different story when they wrestled. I feel like Williams is probably a tougher matchup for, for Vandeveer. I don't see him getting in super deep on a double leg. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's probably his best leg attack. I think he's gonna yeah. have a hard time doing that against Williams. Um, would he get the drag? Maybe. But you talk about feel for wrestling. I think Williams has a really good feel. But, yeah. Well, um, I like Williams. I would be curious how good he's on bottom, Christian, because I haven't seen any, any him wrestle any high level folk style matches. So, how good's watch, Williams on watch bottom? Watch some of his Super Thirty Two. He uh, okay. Who's he have a? Oh, he, I think he, he wrestled Dean Peterson at Super Thirty Two. Am I remembering correctly? Can't remember. Because you can find some matches of him high level folk style. Yeah. Well, because leg right defense is a very specific thing to be good at. I remember, you know what? Actually, Victor Vuinovich, who we'll probably talk about him tomorrow. Also, mm-hmm. he came up to a hammer camp we did. I want it was he was young. I, I want to say a freshman, and so maybe you know, Nick Keegan, a few other good guys we had were maybe sophomores then. I think. Wait, yeah, they're one year older. Yeah, mm-hmm. and dude, he 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 leg rode the piss out of everyone in my room, and uh, you know, all my guys, and they're all like, literally after the weekend, they're like we need to freaking do leg ride defense. And it was something we hadn't done a gigantic amount of to that. You know, it's like early September, right? So we hadn't done a huge amount of it. And it was like, it, the leg ride defense is very, very specific. If you can't get out against a good guy, your life's going to be freaking miserable. We saw that with uh, Vuinovich last year, who's number one. He was yeah. losing the match. He got on top and freaking <clears throat> went to town. Yeah, he went nuts. Why Why aren't there more leg riders? Because uh, it's, it's um you know, for me, it's one of those things. We, we don't teach a lot of it on top, and, and really specifically double legs. It's it's like a high barrier to entry. Like, you got to be really, really, really good, or you're going to get reversed to your back a whole lot. And then once you get really, really, really good, that, then you're kind of a problem, like a Vuinovich or like uh, Joel Vanderveer. But until you get to that point, it's going to take a while to get there. You're going to kind of stink, and you're going to get reversed a lot. And, you know, for me as a coach – Teaching um, a chop to a cross twist to a roll through tilt and a reinforced bar and a bar, that stuff is like not nearly as risky and it's relatively easy to pick up. And, you know, if you look at the best guys in the NCAA, that's probably what they're scoring the most on. So it's like, well, why don't we just do that? That's a lot more simple than figuring out how to ride double legs. And it's working at the highest level. You know, Spencer Lee, roll through tilts, reinforced bars, bars every single person he personally wrestles. Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. But when you when you talk about, like, guys with bottom wrestling problems, like, the number one thing is, like, a theme is, like, hey, he can get away, but he can't get away from leg riders, right? Yeah. And when that's a thing, mm-hmm. it's like, well, why aren't there more of them, right? And I, you just explained it. But it would seem like from a – in terms of focus, it, there's a pretty big payoff at the end of it um, if you can get really well, good then, at but- it. But then the other thing, though, Christian, is I think so. It 
so then it's also the same with leg right defense. Leg right, guys who on leg right defense, either they stink and they're terrible and they'll never get away from anyone good, or they're really, really good. And I think a, a great leg right defense guy trumps a great leg right offense guy. So you think like David Taylor was really elite in leg right defense. Yeah. People were not riding him. If they threw a leg in, they were going to get reversed. And you can think of a few other guys who are really elite with leg right defense. So I think at the very highest level, Leg right defense trumps leg right offense. So then there's also that barrier once you get all the way up there too. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, yeah. so um, that's Vanderveer, and he'll get the winner of Jesse Mendez versus Jordan Williams. Um, do you find anything uh, there? Uh, yeah, it's just some good folks on matches for you. Uh, Super 32, he, he, Jordan Williams at his hit, Anthony Noto, Dean Peterson, and Maximo Renteria. So there's some good ones for you to watch there, wow. Ben. Check them out. Nice. Um, do you guys, what kind of advantage do you guys put to the fact that Vanderbilt will only be wrestling one match and the other guys will be wrestling multiple matches? You know, they'll be wrestling two, obviously. Um, do you give that any advantage? Is there, uh, I, you know, was there any idea about making it maybe be a round robin instead of, uh, you know, these guys face this guy? One, I don't think it's going to be an advantage at all, really. I think. Yeah. These guys are going to come in in shape. I think, it, if anything, it could be a benefit to the um, third and fourth place guys that get a real yeah. match in. Um, it, and you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Vanderveer did a legit like match around the time. I think that would be maybe a, a wise, yeah, you know, um, thing to do. So no, mm-hmm. I, I think I don't see it as a as a big advantage. And, and I feel like on the round robin front. That that would have been cool, but Vanderveer earned his ranking, right? And I th- I think it makes the most sense. And also, what what if <laughs> it's you see it all the time? A beats B, B beats C, C beats A. Then if if this event is about establishing rankings, and you yeah. set yourself up for a very obvious <laughs> for failure tie, I don't understand that. It's just like no, you're ranked yeah. higher. That's why you sit out. You two wrestle. Sure. Winner gets a winner. Go get it. Right. Um, yeah. So that just makes sense to me, and I don't, I don't see it as a tremendous. I know as wrestling fans, would be like, cool, that's one more match. That would be awesome. But at, mm-hmm. at the same time, I don't see it as like this huge advantage, other than the fact that you do get to sit out and you can't lose a, a match. Right. You can only, the worst you can be ranked after this thing is um, third, which yeah, you know, that's fine. So. I think it'd be cool. I'd like to see them all wrestle each other, but I think for what we're trying to do, it, it makes more sense to not do that. Okay, and then the other match you want to talk about was Patty Gallagher Net- versus Travis Master Giovanni. Correct. Okay. Um, hey, I so I don't, you know, I told you, and I've been open about it, I don't follow the in-season folk style, you know, we don't get to travel in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. so the Ohio, Pennsylvania. I watched uh, Gabe Arnold beat Travis, Master Giovanni, uh, why is he not who's number one? Did he, he probably lost some other matches, I'm guessing. Dude, I have no idea. That'd be, that'd be a David Bray question. <laughs> who does? I, I have no idea. Oh, David, David Bray. Bray. Okay. Yeah, he would definitely know. Um, what? Uh, I, should, I guess I should have looked up what Gabe is ranked right now. I'll look yeah. it up. Give me. Well, he's ranked at the weight above, too. He's 170. Uh, got it. So, so that, that makes sense. Why. Yeah. Um, He's ranked fourth at 170. So let's see. I, uh, man, 
I feel like Gallagher is going to win after watching Mastro and Gallagher. Um, I watched a bunch of the Facundo matches, um, and the G- Gabe Arnold really kind of pushed Master Giovanni around. And with as physical as Gallagher is, I kind of think the same type of thing is going to happen. I guess going into it, I had not really wa- really focused on Travis Master Giovanni. I'd kind of seen him at tournaments and stuff. I thought he was a little more dynamic offensively. And after watching, you know, a handful of matches, I wasn't really impressed with it. It's more, he's, he's got really good position. He's got high level defense. He scores sometimes, but he's not super dynamic. So I just, you know, after watching both these guys, I feel like Gallagher's got the advantage. I feel like hard pressure coming from Gallagher in his face. Mm-hmm. One errant shot, drag go behind for Gallagher is probably the difference. That's the way, the way I see it going. I do think, yeah, size will be a, a factor there. Um, Matt, I I think Mastro is going to have to be super select. I mean, Gallagher is waiting for the bad shot. He's waiting to snap down and run behind. He's got good leg attacks, yeah. but that's not his the first thing he's looking for. He's looking for that that easy one where he can just run behind you. So Master yeah. Giovanni's got to be super selective with his. Yeah, with his I attacks. can really see. I think I can see Gallagher hitting a high crotch and scoring there. I think, um, and this is something I yell at my own kids about, so maybe, maybe uh, you know, uh, Mastro's coach is yelling at but I think he's a little too reliant on his shin wizard, and I, I think, like, almost every time he went there against a high-level guy, and right, I only, I only watched him against really good guys, they all scored from that position. Um, whereas against other guys, he probably he's probably effective, but then against the very best guys, he's not effective from that position. Yeah, there are a couple guys with really good – Shin Wizards and at, at who's number one, uh, Titus, Jordan Titus, mm-hmm. he's ridiculous with it. He, yeah, he's one. He has Jonesies on like everyone. He has Jonesy tilt like really consistently. Um, someone else hit, hits including it. on. He hit it his on opponent. Dean Peterson twice. Uh, and twice, their matches, two times. And their match at Super oh, Three too. Goodness. And they're gonna, of course, uh, hit again. This weekend, so it'll be interesting to see if he's able yeah. to hit it again. Yeah. Um, here's what else does. Um, if I was Dean Peterson's coach and I, he got to hit again, I'd make him walk home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's already down here, actually. Uh, oh, Figueroa's got a really good wizard. Yeah, sure, Wizzy yeah, does. What's he down there doing, Brett? Can he get some acclimatization or Yeah, what? He, he came down oh, early. and Adjusting uh, to the elevation. <laughs> Uh, I saw him working out at uh, Mike Mouse's place last night. That's the that's the okay. uh, five one two outlaws. That's where uh, Mike Mouse coaches. Where C- Caleb Davis Piles uh, wrestles as well. Nice. He's a uh, wow. Caleb really threaded the needle here. I don't know if I talked about this yesterday, but Caleb is regrettably a baseball and an Astros fan, and okay. but like ob- he's obsessed, obsessed. He watches every game if we're, if we're driving around. He's hitting us all up constantly for updates on what the score is, etc. Okay, so the playoff games are being played at like 1 in the afternoon while he's at school. I am of the opinion that my son willed himself to illness so he could stay home because he was like, he woke up yesterday, he didn't feel great. Then by the end of the day, he had no fever. He had no fever. And then at the end of the day, 101 fever. And now in this day and age, you can't go to school with a fever, you know. Uh, can't do that. You can't risk it. Even if he woke up in the morning and was like not, didn't have a fever, he couldn't go. So he's not going to school today. He gets to stay home and he gets to watch the freaking Astros game. So 
He's a very honest kid. I don't think he can make himself sick, but... Were you around uh, when he did the temperature? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we know all the tricks. You can't you can't trick the ear one. We got the automatic automatic thing uh, there. So, yeah, he's oh. up. But he's got to get all the tests. So, now that he's out of school, <clears throat> he either has to be out 10 days or yes. has to come back with a, a negative COVID test. Because he's, he's actually going in, in to in-person school. So, now he's going to go... Get tested? Yeah. Lord, pray for my son. That's going to be – that is not going to be <laughs> for him. Well, I, I when I got tested at the Cleveland Clinic, they don't do the jam up the nose one because, you know, I'm hip done. They had to test me. They just did, a, like, a little swab swab gimmick. I hope that's what they do. Um, <laughs> yeah. They yeah. said – when I asked them, I said – because I said, oh, my gosh, I thought you guys were going to jam something up my nose. And they just, you know, swabbed around. And they said, nah, that's – you know, we're doing this more now. It's It's less painful, more effective, or something to that effect is what they told me. And that's yeah. obviously a preeminent uh, healthcare facility in the country. Yeah. Well, we're just gonna take them there, I guess. We're gonna Might have his hip done too while we're there. Let's just make sure everything's good. Just to go, go ahead and get taken care just of. Just get taken care of now, and then he won't have to when he's older. Uh, okay. So yeah. Uh, hope hope the homie's all right. Um, okay. Um, so you like Gallagher hey. over Mastro? Yeah, what do you like? Yeah. I, I think size is a factor here. I think strength. I And I think it's not just like, oh, he's coming up in weight. He's, And I don't know how much Travis weighs. I feel like he's going to be lighter. And it's not just coming up, but you're coming up in weight against a guy that is freaking Shaq Diesel. This dude is jacked and strong and wrestles a strong yeah. style. So you're going to have to be really slick. And I, I think Mastro is like, Super, um, very fundamentally sound wrestler, but I think yeah. I think he's got his hands full with, with Gallagher, who's who's really good. And uh, you know we'll see Gallagher back to back weeks. I guess yeah. we'll see him at Senior Nationals. Well, yeah, um, cool. are, are you guys covering either the <laughs> Fall Brawl or what's the other one that's going on this weekend? Grapple Fall Classic because we you know we got we got some serious wrestling now starting up. I mean those are two rel- they're not they're not super thirty twos but they're relatively big tournaments. We have Fall Brawl. Okay. You love nice. the Grappler Fall Classic, though, right? That's the one in Michigan. Well, I did love it when it was in Michigan. <laughs> now Where it's is it? freaking Myrtle Beach. They went to Myrtle, it's in Myrtle Beach. Oh, snap. Yeah. So, you, so I don't love it anymore. You're only going <laughs> to Myrtle, Myrtle Beach once a, once a year. That's the Ben Askren rule. No, I'm not going. Well, I'm not going, actually. Max and, uh, Max and Tristan are going to coach. You're not going to Super 32? No. Oh my god! We got. I, I'm going. To, I got assigned to uh, club duels and preseason nationals. Max and Tristan are going to go to Super Thirty Two. What do you mean you got assigned? Uh, you must do the assigning. <laughs> what are you talking you're about? The, you're talking the about. boss, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, me and you know me and Max go over the schedule, and uh, I've been to Super Thirty Two a whole bunch, and uh, Tristan really wanted to go, and uh, you know, and Max Max wanted to go also. I don't think Max has ever been to Super Thirty. I don't know if he's experienced it. So really, uh, yeah. Those. those uh, I don't think he has. Because last year I couldn't go because I was in Singapore. Um, Coach Messenbrink went and Keegan went and helped out a little bit because he wrestled at who's number one and he didn't wrestle at Super 32. Um, I don't think Max has ever been. Is he going to challenge if anyone hits a fireman's on, on one of his kids? He's going to automatically challenge. Like that doesn't count. You know, he's going to make the kid do push ups. Make him do push ups. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. All right. Well, cool. Um, Hey, yeah. well, what, what say we go to some questions? We have, uh, we have a bevy of them. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Um, 
Do someone? Oh, CJ Kemp wants to know: Will push-up bets be made on uh, the who's number one matches? I, we could get more interesting with our wagers, but push-ups are probably always. Uh, maybe that'll just be yeah. the thing. Maybe that'll be the theme for this year: it's just push-up bets. And then, and then Kyle Brecky won't do them. He'll do them. No, I'll do them. He'll do them. I always pay my bets. This is uh, he's a he's a, a Lannister at heart. Mm-hmm. And CJ Kemp also says. His favorite match will be the Mendez match solely because Indiana will be represented. So I guess CJ is from Indiana. That's what I'm gleaning there. But yeah, we should we'll 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 make uh we should do like a have a push up. We should start now. We won't start with the last thing. We should start now and like keep track of of the push up bets. Or we could do this. We can make it more interesting. You could pay the debt right away, or you could let them accumulate and be like, no, you got to do them all at the end of whatever we want to say. Well, if we're going back and forth, though, Christian, you know, uh, so what would be amount of push-ups per wrong answer you get? Because it'll be really awkward because sometimes it'd be like, obviously, there's three of us. So two of us have to choose one guy at, at least, right, if one's on the other side or it's either three to zero. No, here's, so how, 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 I, here's how I think we do it. It's like per event. So one of us will do the best at for who's number one predictions. Okay. One of us will do second. One of us will do third, right? And Maybe however you finish determines how many push-ups you have to do per event. Mm. Maybe it's like so, 25 for second and 50 for third. Can you even do push-ups, Ben? I, I crushed I crush some push-ups. I did 250 the other day because it's about all I can do. Dang. Yeah. All right, good. I'm going to start tra- working out again soon. I'm, I'm, oh I'm getting gosh, Ben. What are you doing with the crutches? Here. Are you still using them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Don't lie. Don't lie to America, Ben. You're going to lose to the left. My dad, the, the left loves lying. Don't worry about them. Oh, my gosh. I shouldn't have said that. I just thought that was a funny, a funny line. Uh, it, was good, it was a good line. Good line. So you're really not – you're off the crutches. Three weeks. No, I'm using, listen. I'm using my crutches. It's been four weeks. Four weeks yesterday. Four weeks yesterday. Four weeks yesterday. How, how, how are you improving um, mobility-wise, walking-wise? Dude, I'm great. I have no pain. It's fantastic. Really? I, yeah. Listen, I told you guys that um, uh, I had relatively bad back pain for, I don't know, a decade. And I thought it was because I was a wrestler and my back's bad. And then I woke up the morning after my surgery and I got no back pain. And I thought, well, maybe it's because I'm on the pain pills. But I'm off the pain. I've been off the pain pills for three weeks. I was only on them for a week. And uh, I got no back pain. It's fantastic. It's great. That's amazing. Well, very good. It seriously is. Good job, Cleveland Clinic. That's why my son's going to get his COVID test there. <laughs> they are just, they are simply the best. Okay. Um, what is Ben's favorite match of all time? Uh, meaning one that to watch or one that I've wrestled? In? That's a good question. Uh, follow up to Trevor Brunson. What do you mean? Uh, or... Or like, because obviously it's not fair. Like, if I say not that I wrestled him, but that I watched, obviously there would be the ones that you know I was involved in, where I'm coaching. You know, Mark Ellis and Max Askren, and they win national titles. That right, those would be like up there. If you're just saying like from a strict spectator standpoint, because I love the sport of wrestling, then it would be something else. Okay. Well, let's just do. Let's just run the gamut. Favorite one you wrestled in? Probably, I'm guessing that would be Herbert, but maybe I'll be wrong. Her- Herbert or when I made the, yeah, Herbert or when I made the Olympic team. Yep. 
Yeah. Favorite no one. Deal. Favorite one you were like a part of, maybe that you like coached. Yeah, that would be the the two that I mentioned. Max, Max and Mark. Okay. Were you in the corner for Max? You weren't on staff then. I was not because I, I was not Arizona. on staff. I, I was Arizona State. Yep. Okay. And then, um, okay, this is a tougher one. Just this favorite. is a way tougher one. Yeah. What's your favorite? Uh, probably when probably when I made the Olympics. Honestly. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> favorite. One. Oh. Favorite match. Damn, that is such a that is such a tough question. You know, we should we should do that. We should assign this as homework, and maybe we start the show with this tomorrow. Let's do it. And go into our who's number one stuff. Yeah, because I don't want to throw something out there, and then I said it, and then there's no take backs on FRL. That's just the rule. So, because surely you're going to say the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, and then at three o'clock this afternoon, you're like, oh, what about that match? And then you're going to. It's almost definitely going to be a Jordan Burroughs match, uh, if I had to guess. Well, I was Um, thinking the one in 2012 when he beat uh, Sargouche. That was pretty awesome. I feel like 11 was even more epic. Like, well. But I feel like the Olympics made it. The being at the Olympics, I just remember because we were watching it at my wrestling academy. We were in the middle of a camp session or something, and we had, or maybe we were on break and we had the matches on, and it was just a really awesome match. So I like really remember that. It was an awesome match. Oh my! But man, eleven was crazy because he straight up broke him. Um, yeah, dude, I remember I was, I well, one, in two thousand eleven, you couldn't watch it live. Like there was no live stream. You could not. It. So mm. I said to wait for it to hit flow. And then yeah. 12, I was teaching, but I couldn't watch it live either. But I was just like following. I was able to follow on my phone somehow or an iPad. Or I forget how, but I wasn't able to watch that one live either. Just crazy. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Snyder over Sajulayev is kind of really high oh, up there baby. also. And it was, you know, the build up to it. They're both two times that they, they both won in 15 and 16. The Helen. backs, I think. Helen was a good one over. Yeah, that was a really good one. Um, man, I think we should probably talk about it tomorrow though. Okay, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Final for sure. answer. Yeah, and we need to rewatch them too. Whatever we come up with, and really, we won't be able to show them probably, but we can at least talk about them very vividly. Um, okay, there's more questions. Trevor Brunson got his money's worth. He asked like five questions here. Uh, <laughs> the the last six are are ice cream related. Um, do you prefer ice cream in a bowl or a cone? Hmm. Well, I mostly eat it in a bowl because I mostly eat it from my house, but I suppose a cone would make it better. Yeah, cones make it better. And if so, waffle or sugar, cake, or chocolate dip. <laughs> this guy's got some This guy knows a lot. This guy works at Baskin Robbins, for sure. <laughs> Trevor Brunson uh, works at Baskin Robbins. I suppose the best type of cone is a waffle cone. What do you, what do you guys think? I would say waffle too. I like a I like a good waffle cone. For sure. Nice. I like the man, the smell of the waffle cone mm-hmm. maker. That thing. Beautiful. Okay. Should the last six six minutes of presidential debates be saved for a match between candidates? Yeah. That's from Coach Metz. Sure. At, at shot reshot. Why not? Trial by combat. They're gonna have a heart attack. Yeah, th- those guys I don't know. It, it would not go well. We need, we need yeah, some. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think they're, other countries think about this? They're like, these these are the best of America? It's not good. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they will legitimately have a heart attack. My man, Ron Paul, he had a stroke on air. He's back like three days later, re- ready to rumble. Well, I don't know about rumble. I think he's ready to rumble, ready to, ready to talk <laughs> on a Zoom call. If that's what we're reducing rumbling Listen. to now, yeah, sure, he's rumbling. You know Ron Paul's a wrestler. He might come in here and whip your ass, CP. I find that unli- unlikely. <laughs> Maybe in his heyday, but it's, it's going to be pretty tough, even for someone of, of my... Uh, Ability yeah, level. he was a wrestler from uh, he, I think he was a what I don't remember what the weight class was in like 1947, but he was uh the lightest weight class, and he was uh the south of Pittsburgh. I can't remember what town exactly. Dang, what a beast! Yeah, yeah. I'm sure in his day he'd lick me, but not anymore. Right? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Greco Roman Bravo Young wants to know what style, whose number one matches are, and it, they were all folk style except for the uh, women's matches. So all folk style. So no back and forth. We were talking about that. Did we talk about that on the show or before the show? It was before, I think. Yeah. I think it was before. So, yeah, last year, who's number one? We had, like, the number ones got to pick the style. But I like I like just having it be one style. I wouldn't be opposed to it being all freestyle either. But it seems like when who's number one is in October, that's, like, the kickoff for folk style season. So probably time to yeah. do Style. Um, I'm sure Ben will appreciate that. No, I, yeah, I like that, folks. I, well, I was actually just thinking, kind of like, well, could you guys do a freestyle one? And then I was thinking about the difficulty because obviously there are certain kids who are really good at freestyle who there just doesn't translate to folk style because they have a, a great gut wrench or for a head pinch or whatever it is. And it's like, how difficult would it be for Flo to do a freestyle ra- freestyle high school rankings and a folk style high school rankings? You know, well, you guys already do folk style, obviously. Well, I guess yeah. you, don't, you don't define what style it is, so I'm just going to assume it's folk style. Uh, but to do two different ones would be very difficult. Well, our rankings are are hybrid of freestyle and folk style results, and I think yeah. they're weighed similar equally, right? There's no precedent for a freestyle win over a folk style win or anything. It's like the recency matters, mm-hmm. but I think they're that's not they're not viewed with anyone having um, more importance for it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, no, I'm not gonna ask. Well, I like JB Cole, but this question is kind of crazy to me. Uh, it still seems to me like Gable, Spencer, Hall, and Valencia group of high school kids had more generational talent than our last few classes. I agree, but there are some studs currently. Having said that, how does high school uh, Richie Figueroa do against high school Spencer Lee? I mean, this is. <clears throat> Uh, not a ridiculous question. Um, well, I can't find this. I'm trying to look at this question on the doc. I can't find it. Doesn't um, high school Richie Figueroa have some serious size advantage? Because wasn't Spencer Lee really small? In high- I mean, he's still relatively small. Isn't he still uh, way smaller in high school than Rich? I think Richie's smaller than Richie's smaller, Spencer. yeah. Richie's still Really? One- he's Richie's that a- small? He's a 120. Spencer, Spencer went one- Lee, like... As That's a grown man, weighs like one twenty-seven. Yours was twenty-six his senior year. Yeah, he just wasn't cutting weight, or what? Um, yeah, probably not a ton. I think twenty was a cut, so he didn't cut. Uh, also, Gavin was twenty, maybe might have been a factor, might have been a team hmm. thing. But I, okay. I would say size is not a factor. If anything, it would maybe a slight edge to Spencer, maybe. But, yeah. um, man, I mean, high school, I mean, 
listen, we're talking about a junior world champ in high school, a cadet, two-time cadet world champ. Yeah. Um, it's Spencer, man. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, Spencer. I, I would agree. I just saw, I didn't realize Richie Figueroa. Um, he lost one of the cadet trials finals matches to Jordan Williams. I didn't realize that until I went back and watched. Yes, yeah, I watched that one recently. Uh, yeah, kind of a weird match, honestly. I sure. Yeah. I thought I thought Richie was better the whole time there, and then it, you know, kind of thought there were there were a couple weird. There were some stoppages that I thought were just uh, really questionable. Richie, you know, yeah. listen, I you get it on a single leg against Jordan Williams, you're not just going to finish, right? It was, but he was working through the process of a finish, or yep. at least progressing, and the ref blew it up at least twice in positions where Richie had it's... opportunities to score. And in a four-minute match, when you have to start over from that position, that's that's really tough. So, um yeah, that was that's kind of my one memory of that match. Yeah, and that's um, so I, I just watched it the other day, and yeah, I mean, obviously there are a few of those type of things, but number one, I feel like the, so the two two minute periods, I always just feel like they're just too short. Like that Stupid. is like for that age group of kids, that is such a, such a short time window to wrestle. And then number two on that would be, I I always can't stand how fast freestyle refs call stalemates. I feel like they're called so much quicker than folk style. And and yes, against a good to your point, against a good kid like Jordan Williams, is you're not gonna finish easy. It's gonna take some time. You're gonna have to work through it. And the freestyle refs always call it. So I didn't feel like those specific stalemates were on a line. I just feel like that's how it's called, and I don't really love it. I feel like the the problem is there there's a I don't think it's a freestyle folk style thing necessarily. I just think it's a do you know what you're seeing thing problem? And I think you see that instance just a little more in freestyle officiating personally, I think, but at age level stuff, right? I don't think, I don't think you see it as a final act world team trials. They're not stalemating Burroughs trying to finish on Dake there or vice versa, but these, there's a lot of refs. You got 30 mats, right? You don't know exactly what you're, what you're seeing here. They, they think, He's been on this leg for 10 seconds. It's time to put him back up. And if you don't know the, the match within the match and the positions and what's really happening there, it's easy to say nothing's happening when everything's happening. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's I, a, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I was saying, you know what? When you said that, you're totally right because I don't feel like at the senior level, I've, I felt like, oh, my gosh, why'd they stop that? You know, that wasn't time. But I, at the – you know, UW, when I'm at UWW Cadets or Fargo coaching, I, I feel like that happens all the time. So that was a good point. Cool. And as far as, like, generational talents, man, Gable Spencer, Hall, Valencia, I mean, you also, also got to remember Yanni, Dayton are in, in those classes as well. Um, yes. it, it was a it was a crazy run of hammers, and I'm sure I'm probably leaving some out, but just those six guys are, are absolutely ridiculous. Soriano. So huh. – Sir, how how did Richie do at Worlds? I I mean I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Cadet World Silver. And, so, and that was the only he went one time. I don't think he placed last year. So he went twice, one time silver, one time didn't place. Yeah, yes. pretty sure. Yeah, because I I think for you know for that jet that group that other group you're talking about, one of the biggest things for them is just the amount of hardware they brought home from the World Championships at the Cadet and Junior age level. I mean. We're talking between just Gable, uh, Mark, 
and Spencer, how many world titles is that? Eight, eight world titles while, while in high school. Isn't it not? It might be nine. It's three, three, and two, right? Who has two? Uh, Mark. I, Mark has three? I thought he was a cadet world champion two-time junior. Or am I Mark just, has three. Yeah, Mark's got three. Mark has three. That's okay, nine. So not nine, right? Yeah. Just between those three. Like, that's, that's – I mean, that's – I feel like, so obviously if we go far enough back, America doesn't go. But besides that, that's relatively unheard of yeah. for American wrestling. Yanni's got two, you know. This is, in that group, that's, there's 11 now. And and honestly, and you know, with, with Yanni, he basically did not have a junior career, right? He went to yeah. junior open one time, lost to Deacon, was hurt, uh, and didn't even wrestle at trials. And then... Next year won NCAAs, but his ACL was torn, so he didn't get to do anything then. And he yeah. probably, he would have gone seniors that year, anyways. Remember, Zane was out that yes. year. He would have tried to make the senior world. So he probably he really just didn't have a junior career at all. And he but even still he had two. Even as a as a true sophomore, so he wrestled as a true freshman, true sophomore, and true sophomore was when he made Final X. I believe he was still junior eligible that year. Very possible, yeah. I think he was. Yeah. Also. Uh, Kyle Snyder is another guy who he he was winning senior world titles while junior eligible. Um, yeah, he was junior eligible. I know in fifteen. I don't think he was in sixteen when he won the Olympics. Yeah, but he might he, he might have been. Um, he might have been. He was yeah. twenty when he won the Olympics, right? Yeah, I mean, so the USA Wrestling slash UWW goes by the year you're born in. So it would matter, like, do you turn? I guess when is when is his birthday? You know, is it because if it's in that calendar year, then you're the, the age group up. Got it. Um, you know what I'm saying? You are you are essentially whatever you you are whatever you are during whatever year I turn during the year 2020. That's what I am. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So R- Richie was second, and then uh, he was 16th the next year. And then uh, we were talking about Mark Hall. So he won a cadet world title in 15, was on the, uh, then made three straight, uh, or 14, and then made three straight junior world teams. He was ninth, then first, first. Wow. The one, the, his first junior world title was the crazy one, I think, against Suleimanov, the uh, really dirty Azari guy, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. He tried the handshake and then, like, yeah, it was all kinds of <laughs> pulling, he was pulling his single and stuff. Yeah, big time. It was like a very uh, international wrestling experience for Mark. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's what you got to expect from some of those guys. Yeah, no kidding. Everyone is asking how LeBron James would do in fights against MMA people. Matt Awareness Podcast wants to know about LeBron James versus Dylan Danison. I just think this is a really strange uh, question. Um, I don't really understand. Like yeah, I don't get it either. LeBron would be a, fighter, would, he's a terrible would a, fighter. Yeah, has he? Obviously. He's not gonna know how to fight. He's just gonna get taken down and probably choked out or something. I know yeah. he's big. I mean, even even someone like a J. I mean, if you guys remember all the way back, James Tony, who was a li- very literally a world champion boxer, like, he can fight. He could box, but he couldn't fight. Randy took him down and choked him in like a minute. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was. That was <laughs> yeah. He just had like this like terrible looking single bad, leg low on him. Single, he had yeah. No idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> he just got on top and choked him. That was really fun. Yeah. So, 
And I mean, at least boxing is a combat sport. It's like he plays basketball. He's going to lose a fight. Um, yeah, the guy who wrestled when he was younger and jiu-jitsu and now fighting, yeah. who's done combat sports his entire life. He's going to beat him. Come but on. Ben loves it. So ben ridiculous. Loves Dylan Dennis, though. Ask and listen. Just, why don't what, man awareness? Why did you have to put his name in there? Put anybody else in there, and my answer still the other. Put it, put any wrestler. Let's say uh, <laughs> uh, Evan Wick, Ryan Deacon, Hayden Hidley. I'm just looking at 74 kg, right? Yeah. All those guys beat LeBron James up. Every one of them, easy. Yeah. I'm just gonna take him down and yeah. Punch I know him. he's big. I know it's he's over. big and strong, but yeah. He's got no sprawl. None. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, um, I have a good, good question here that I'm curious for. I think I have an idea, but I'm curious what you say, Ben. What type of wrestler was John Jones, and how could he have been if he stuck with wrestling? I mean, I I don't remember what type. You know, I mean, he, he was good, obviously, right? So he he we talked about how he did in that bracket. I believe he won the JUCO national title the following year, um, and then you know, so the way it usually goes there is they there's two years you have to do two years at a JUCO. Um, if you're a non-qualifier, usually the first year they wrestle, ideally they do well. Then they take a red shirt the next year while they're trying to find their next college. And then they would go to a D1. I believe he was going to go to Iowa State, if I remember correctly. Yes, according um, to Sion, that's then, true. I, be- I believe that's true. And then it, I think, which is funny because then they would have Jake Varner at that similar, you know, what I said also. Um, but yeah, and then he would go on to fight. So I, I think he could have been really well. I think he could have, you know, competed with that era would be, you know, Brester, uh, Jake Varner, Max Askren, those, those type of guys. Yeah. He could have competed for sure. Yeah. I, when, in watching the matches that were on YouTube of him, which is, you know, maybe that's not representative. He wasn't like blowing people out of the water type. He was like pretty controlled, really good position. So hard to score on type of guy. He wasn't like. Which is interesting because in fighting he just you know destroys people, but he wasn't like a yeah you know a run you over. Well, I would actually guy. say Christian in fighting he's he's more controlled, strategic. Uh, you know, he's not like a you think of like a Anthony Johnson or someone like that who knocks people out. That's not really John. John doesn't really have a lot of just like you know one punch knockout type power. He's more you know great with positioning, doesn't get hit a lot. Great, really good defense, um, good strategy. So, yeah, I, I think that kind of transfers for him. Yeah, I agree. Um, cool. Well, I don't see any others. I think it's probably a fine time to to call it a day. We're going to have our full – we're going to give you 15 minutes to start Metcalf. It's 27, 28 minutes long this episode. Mm-hmm. So nice. a lot that much time. And, yeah, we'll, we'll get the heck out of here. We'll be back tomorrow. Full Who's Number One Breakdown predictions push-up bets will be made and paid maybe paid at the event who knows oh no make it pay on air before we do our picks tomorrow get that table set up clear the table off i'm not doing push-ups on the table he won't do push-ups on the table not if there's a fire not even if there's a fire yeah all right hey thanks so much for listening We'll be back tomorrow. I hope you have a great Wednesday. We get tacos today. Heck yeah. And breaking oh, news from my wife, Caleb will have the mouth swab test. So good for him. He won't get nice. his stick jammed up his nose. Well, this Wednesday's off to a great start. Hope your Wednesday's great as well. Thanks again. See you tomorrow. Bye. Peace.